Blog Talk Radio. Bed Tales, the podcast about Laura Ingalls Wilder, historic foodways, one-room schools, and other social history. This is Sarah Utah, the host and creator of Trundle Bed Tales. Find us all around the web under Trundle Bed Tales and on your favorite social media platform. If you listen or just have an account on iTunes, please leave positive feedback because that helps people find the show. This is Travel Time, a latch hooking today. Now, we're going to get back to that in a second, but first, it's time for a little housekeeping. And that reminds us that uh, we have... Uh, a chance for you to be part of the show. Call in at 714-242-5253. That's 714-242-5253. Or toll-free 1-877-633-9389. That's toll-free 1-877-633-9389. Or you can chat while you uh, stream the episodes live. Uh, you can find us at blogtalkradio.com slash trundlebedtales. And I also want you to be sure to look for posts we're going to be doing in short order. We have our annual shopping list almost ready. Uh, we're also going to be having events at the home sites, and there are a couple of them this week. And then we are also going to uh, be doing a roundup of who's doing a Laura Ingalls Wilder play for the holiday season. There are a couple of them now that are available. So look for that and more, including our, uh, our regular episode of, uh, that we've been posting on YouTube once a week. And I haven't always been able to get them out on Friday. So they've been coming out on either Friday or Monday, but we are trying to get at least one out per week. And with that, I think that is about all our housekeeping. Now, uh, before we get too far in, I should remind everyone what we're doing today because I certainly haven't gotten enough episodes done so that you remember. Travel Times episodes are a little different than our regular series of podcasts. Uh, they are all either something that you do for a trip, like uh, going on rag by the Iowa's bike race or going to a Civil War reenactment or, you know, 
something like that. And today's is going to be a little different because it is a hobby that I have kind of picked up again lately. And I thought, you know, that really would be a good episode. So I hope you enjoy uh, the episode today. And we're actually going to, and we're going to be talking about latch hooking. Now, latch hooking was huge in the 70s. It had a kind of quietly going on thing in the 80s, and it kind of really had fallen off. But a couple years ago, I uh, got my niece and nephew to try latch hooking, mostly because we were working on their dexterity with their hands. And uh, the niece has just done an excellent job with it. The nephew really didn't, (laughs) but uh, they both insisted that I needed to get a latch hook. And so I just finished my first latch hook in many years. Uh, It was huge and was uh, Winnie the Pooh with Tigger sitting on top of him and will someday hopefully be on the wall of a Disney-themed room I have. At least that's my plan. But before we get into latch hooking, we are going to back up a little bit to plain hooking rugs. And for a non-Laura episode, we are going to do the Woman's Day Book of American Needlework by Rose Wilder Lane. Now, this is a book that uh, Rose, it it really was an amazing accomplishment in its time because there just really weren't how-to manuals or history on needlework. And Rose's is uh, is just very, um, very well done. It had a huge printing because you just see copies of it everywhere. And it also had a strong historic element to it. And that was also very important because people had kind of thought, ugh, this is just something women do and it isn't very important. And Rose really dug in and found lots of important history, and a lot of her pictures that she shows are from museums and are, and and so they really found some really fantastic things, and it made people not only be interested in the books themselves, uh, but also in following up and, uh, Uh, and following up with those museums. Uh, Most specifically, she's got a couple in here from the Laura Ingalls Wilder Memorial uh, Society in Mansfield, and uh, that encouraged many people to ask about it. So the difference between hooking and latch hooking is uh, a fairly important thing. Latch hooking has a hook with a little flipper latch thing on it. You use short pre-cut pieces of wool and you have a sort of net 
and you circle the little piece of wool around or whatever you're using for your fabric and then pull it through. Now with actual, actual hooking, which is older than that, you have longer pieces. They aren't cut short. And you're using an actual uh, sort of shepherd's crook shaped tool without that little latch that you use to pull the wool through. So you're making these little knots in, in the top of it. Uh, they're called, uh, and I will not pronounce this correctly, uh, Giordis or a Turkish knot. Now, the uh, thing to know about latch or hooking rugs is there is a big uh, section in here about the Henry Ford Museum. Now, I am a big supporter of the Henry Ford, and Rose, uh, I don't know if Rose had a lot of support for him, but Laura sure did. And if and Almanzo did too. He visited when Laura was there for her book week speech. And so, if you, uh, she talks about how this man who had designed the these hooked patterns and was one of the first people to do that had given his materials to uh, the Henry Ford, and you could still buy the patterns and make those hooked rugs then. Now, I haven't actually done any straight hooking uh, when it comes to rugs. I actually bit, bought a kit uh, to do a hooked rug a long time ago, but I haven't ever got it done, so it's still sitting in my box of crafts. So it really is... Um, kind of a cool thing that the Henry Ford uh, was so involved in this. Another person that was involved in hooking rugs was Elmanzo for the same reason that we were getting the kids involved for dexterity. And if you look around the Rocky Ridge, you will find several pieces that are hooked. And those are the hooked rugs that Elmanzo did. Now, latch hooking itself, and this one again is the one with the shepherd's crook with the little latch and the cut short pieces of yarn. And it uh, was started in the 1920s when the tool was invented in England. And it was... Uh, really a lot easier to do a latch hook than it was to hook. Mostly because you didn't have to deal with the tension. You just had uh, the regular uh, net and you pulled on that particular knot and you don't have to try and keep the rest of the knot or the material straight. Um, it's really a rather brief history for the the start of latch hooking. Like I said, it's from the 1920s. And it is 
if you were actually hooking a rug, the number of knots per inch would be from 80 to 320. With a latch hook one per inch, you know, most of the time it's four or five. So it's a much less precise system. Uh, the, and in fact, you'd have about 10 knots per square inch using a latch hook. Today, the tool uh, has a wooden or composition handle uh, with the metal part at the top and the hook shape and the little latch that went back and forth. The hook pulls the, line, the yarn through the canvas and it forms a knot that holds it in place. You could use a crochet hook to create the same type of knot, but it would require a great deal of skill. So the latch hooking is something that uh, really encouraged a lot of people to take up um, to take up the craft where they might not have before just because it was so difficult to do a good job uh, with uh, trying to get the tension and get the hooking right. There was a big craze in the 1970s for latch hooking. And if you see pictures of everything, you will see both macrame, which is uh, weaving uh, quite a few yarns together at the same time into knots, or latch hooking, which is the usually a fairly large space that would be used for a pillow or for a wall hanging or for a rug. Today, you usually buy them in kits, and the kit would come with a piece of uh, fabric that had been stiffened. It was netting, and uh, it will normally have the pattern printed on this fabric. It was not until we let my niece pick one, her own latch hooking uh, kit, which was really a shock to all of us because we got it and there was a pattern and there was uh, a the piece of material with some lines through it. And that was it. It did not have the pattern printed on. So we had to kind of figured out actually what I ended up doing was taking their pattern and coloring in uh, with the markers what the right pattern was so that she could she could do it. Uh, if this is your uh, first kit, you want to make sure you have a latch hook. Now a lot of times they come in they uh, or they would come with a latch hook whether you needed one or not, but they don't always. If you're getting one that doesn't have a hook, then make sure that you get one. Uh, there, I have several now because as I say, they come with the kits a lot. And the one I like, the neck is kind of offset and that's really a lot nicer and a lot easier than uh, the other ones I have, but you can do it with any of them. And then there is uh, the yarn. Now, the yarn is the strangest thing about latch hooking. You would think that what you would get would be little bundles 
of the same color. So there'd be a bundle of black, there'd be a bundle of brown, there'd be a bundle of gold or whatever your pattern was. That isn't what happens. What happens is you get this bundle of mixed up colors. There is not a key usually, or if there is a key, it will say helpful things like light brown and tan. And uh, if you really don't have very distinctive colors, it's real easy to get mixed up with that. So you just have to kind of visually match. In fact, I was working on a latch hook once and it was a Hummel figure and there was a white space to surround the figure. And I started putting white on and white on and white on. And I got about a third of the way up and I realized that wasn't right, that the white was supposed to be her blouse at the top and the off-white was supposed to be the surrounding area. So I had to go through and unhook and undo every one of those knots, which was not fun. Uh, they will usually provide more yarn than you need, although it is certainly a chance for people to get more or to run out of a particular color. This last one that I did uh, with Winnie the Pooh, I had quite a few left over, but I needed black. And so I actually bought um, a couple little bundles of all that black that they, that I get found online. Because you almost always run out of black. But uh, for the most part, you've got all your colors and you just have to pick them out there. Now, people have different ways of doing this. My mom has a, will take a box and she'll put little containers in and she'll put the different colored yarns in those little containers. Now, the reason I kind of gave up latch hooking a while back when I was a kid was because you just had to drag so much with you. If you were going to be latch hooking in the car, You'd have your box, which would be a pretty big box, and it would have all the colors in it, and it just was very, uh, very space-consuming. So uh, I just, I uh, usually, this last time anyway, I didn't try and break it out. I just was taking the colors out of the various bundles as I needed them. And uh, I don't know that that was necessarily the most effective thing to do, but I did get through it. Uh, you can find more online if you need the colors. They actually had quite a few uh, in, well, we went to Hobby Lobby because it was the nearest one to us uh, and got the first set of um, latch hooks for the kids and let them pick out which ones they wanted and the second one and there was all sorts of different colored little bundles of yarn there but they must not have gone too well because they'd really cut back on what they had the second time we went so uh, you may need to get it on online now when you are opening up your set uh, first thing we usually do is to tape up the edges of the material. And I must admit, my tape did not 
stick very well this time. Uh, I used masking tape and it just did not stick at all. Uh, and it was stiff enough that I just decided, eh, who cares? But it is a good idea to divide that up so that it is good and uh, stiff and isn't going to come apart as you work with it. Uh, uh, when you are going to do the pattern, then you want to start at the bottom and build up. And some people will try and do one color at a time. I just think it's, it's the easiest to start at the bottom, do all the lines and colors as you go, and then come back with the next line and do all the colors and lines as you go. Because uh, when you get done, you have to brush your rug in one direction. It doesn't uh, stick up. It lays down. And uh, you usually brush it towards the bottom. Now, because of that, it tends to uh, be covering up whatever's underneath it. So if you try and do all the colors, it's going to be covering up some of the important parts of uh, the pattern. So you really do want to go in and... Uh, just do one line and then come back the other way and then over the other way and over the other way like that. If you do run out of a color, of course, you can skip them, but it just it is a huge pain. So uh, if you get, uh, you get ready then, you're going to take your hook and you're going to take your piece of wool and you're going to wrap the wool around the hook, you're going to slip the hook underneath and uh, then do a quick pull and it's going to turn the yarn and make it tie a knot. I will always go through and tighten it a little bit by giving an extra tug with my hand at the end. Um, but uh, other people don't bother to do that and just keep going with the hook and it works out fine. Once you have them finished, you can uh, do all sorts of things with them. You can make them into wall hangings. You can make them into rugs. You can make them into pillowcases. I have a stuffed cat that you were supposed to latch hook it that I, I did. Uh, so there's just a wide arrangement of different uh, things to do, but they are all going to look very uh, yarny. So if, uh, so bear that in mind, uh, unless you're doing something that's 70s themed, it may not uh, look the best in your, in your uh, house. So make sure you really have a spot to put it or uh, just do it for keeping your hands busy because it really is a nice, easy thing to do while you're watching television or whatever. If you're going to be doing television, make sure you've got nice uh, colors that are easy to tell apart, even when it's kind of dark. Uh, I used to latch hook uh, in, in the night watching TV a lot. 
um, this last one I did, there were too many close colors. I really, in the light, I and the overhead light in the living room, I really would make a, I couldn't tell which color was which, which did not work out well. So I wasn't doing, I was doing all of it in daylight where I could get a good, clear view of it. Uh, and that is pretty much what I wanted to say about latch hooking. It really is a fun thing to do. Uh, it's an easier way to do what El Manzo did with the hooking. I really do think it keeps your hands busy and you end up with a really uh, nice piece. You can get quite a bit of drawing um, detail uh, in a latch hook. And if you are someone who feels creative and don't want to do a kit, you can certainly uh, draw, you can get a blank piece of fabric and draw out the designs on it yourself. Now, with that, I just want to remind everybody that uh, Christmas is coming up to look for our Christmas uh, blog posts and to remind everybody uh, that there might be a latch hooked pillow or rug in the future. Thank you for joining us today on Travel Time. And I want you to remember to brighten the corner where you are. <laughs>